You are listening to The Tish with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Michael Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. In 1989, some of you may remember this, uh, seven, magnitude 7.0 earthquake hit San Francisco. The death toll, although you can see that, you know, you remember the iconic image of the, uh, of the World Series in 1989 in San Francisco that was hit by the earthquake. The death toll of that earthquake in 1989 in San Francisco was 63 people. In 2010, another magnitude 7.0 earthquake hit, this time in Haiti, right near Port-au-Prince. Over 200,000 people were killed in 2010 in Haiti from that earthquake. The disparity between those two stories, two earthquakes, the same magnitude, different times, but in different places, very different places, should serve as a reminder that things that we might call natural disasters, or acts of God, if you will, although I hate that term because uh, I don't think that God is sending an earthquake, but things that we term natural disasters and say natural disasters are so dangerous, but the truth of the matter is, it's the human part of the natural disaster that makes it such a disaster, not necessarily the natural disaster itself. San Francisco in 1989 was much more prosperous, still is today, has much more infrastructure, much better infrastructure, much more preparation, much better education, so many more resources to tend to people who are impacted and affected by an earthquake than Haiti in 2010, where there is rampant poverty, poor education, terrible standards for construction, because the government is so corrupt and inept. That's why you get a disparity like you have between 1989 San Francisco and 2010 in Haiti. It's not the earthquake. It's the standards, it's the conditions on the ground. And so what that suggests to me is that what we would term natural disasters are not really natural disasters, they are disasters of justice, of equality, of fairness, of taking care of people who are in worse positions and are less fortunate, have less resources, and less ability to get resources. I thought about those two earthquakes over the past couple of weeks as the news kept on coming out worse after day after day about the outbreak of Ebola in West Africa. Because the truth of the matter is, Ebola, though a dangerous and deadly disease, I would not want to catch it myself, and I'm sure none of you would either, is actually a fairly preventable and containable disease. One has to have direct contact with the bodily fluids of somebody in advanced stages of the disease in order to contract the disease. And it's precisely why when American workers contracted Ebola in West Africa, they were airlifted back to the United States to be treated at Emory Hospital, not because 
because of how contagious and serious the disease was, but because they knew that they couldn't get the proper treatment in West Africa. That they were more at risk of infecting others if they stayed in West Africa. Because the issue of Ebola in West Africa is not about Ebola. It's about poverty. It's about a lack of resources. It's about a lack of education. It's about a lack of trust in the government after years of brutality and civil war. And so if we are concerned about the outbreak of Ebola in West Africa, and many people with the patients were brought, the American patients were brought to America, started saying, oh my goodness, Ebola is going to spread to America. If we're concerned about the spread of diseases to America from places like West Africa, we ought to be concerned about the horrible and debilitating poverty of places like Liberia and Sierra Leone and Guinea. Because it's the poverty that's the killer, not really the Ebola. That's the truth. And it calls out for our attention and for our justice because this is not a local West African issue. All that disease needs to spread is for someone to hop on a plane undetected. And it can happen. And if it's not Ebola, it'll be another disease. And so when we want to make sure to prevent the spread of, the, of terrible infectious diseases to our country and to other countries, the problem at its source is not a problem of the disease, but a problem of poverty. It's a problem of poverty because there aren't good schools in many of these places to teach proper care and teach proper treatment of those who are ill. It's a problem of poverty because of the close quarters in which people have to live. Many people to a house, several houses to a small confined area, without access to appropriate medical care, and without the medical teams having adequate training to deal with highly infectious diseases. It's a problem of poverty because of a lack of resources to tend to those who are ill. It's a problem of poverty because of the corruption of the governments there. It's a problem of poverty, not a problem, it's a problem of poverty because of the hunger that drives people in countries like Liberia and Sierra Leone into the forest to forage for food, which is where most epidemiologists think the disease was contracted in the first place, potentially by hunting wild meat in the forests of West Africa or East Africa and eating meat that was from a contaminated animal and contracting the disease that way. It's a problem of poverty, it's a problem of hunger, it's a problem of lack of access to education. And I thought about all this as I read our Torah portion this week, which offers, as I mentioned in the Torah introduction, an explanation from Moses about what will happen to you if you do observe the commandments and what will happen to you if you don't observe the commandments. And Moses offers this powerful line that I want to share with you. He says, The Hesir Adonai Mimcha Kol Choli, 
בכל מדבי מצרים הרעים אשר ידעת, לא ישומם בך. I will, God, excuse me, God will remove from you all of the diseases and all of the illnesses of Egypt that are bad, that you know, and will not place them on you. Now, on a basic reading of the Torah, it sounds like what Moses is saying is, here's the reward for observance of the commandments. Right? God's going to give you this nice present if you observe the commandments properly. You're not going to get sick anymore if you observe the commandments properly. And of course, we know from our empirical experience that Moses is either ignorant or lying about that if that's what he needs. Because we know plenty of righteous people who are punctilious in their observance of the commandments and are true mentions who get sick. That can't be what the Torah means because we know it's not true. So if that's not what the Torah means, if the Torah is not talking about reward, what is it talking about? I think the Torah is talking about consequence and not reward. Consequence and not punishment. The consequence of living a life of Torah and of organizing our communities and our world by Torah virtues of kindness and compassion and of pursuit of justice that we can create a world in which horrible diseases don't have to exist, and if they exist, don't have to spread, can be prevented and eradicated, because we'll have created communities and societies of justice and fairness and equality, and, it's, and in societies like that, diseases like Ebola don't have outbreaks. In societies like that, 200,000 people don't die from a magnitude-7 earthquake. In societies like that, we can help and prevent many of the, what we term, natural disasters that occur to people in impoverished places around the world because they're not really natural disasters, they're disasters of poverty and they're disasters of injustice. And we, if we live by the Torah, have the capacity to create a world in which there is in the words of the Torah, no more illness. And it goes even further, not only no more illness, but none of the sickness of Egypt that you know. Different phrase, not just illness, but the sickness of Egypt. What was the sickness of Egypt? Well, it could be referring to many things. Of course, it could be referring to plagues, etc. But I think the sickness of Egypt that it's talking about is the sickness of hard-heartedness in the presence of injustice. It's the sickness of hearing the cries of people who are poor and broken and beaten down and oppressed and saying, that's not my problem. I'm not going to do anything about that. The sickness of Egypt is the sickness of ignoring pain and just moving forward and living our lives as if nobody else matters but me and us. And so what the Torah, what Moses is saying here, is that the way to create a just society, the way to eradicate those diseases from our world, is by building communities and building societies of Torah, which means relentlessly pursuing justice here, there, and everywhere. So this Shabbat, I want us to think of the ways in which we 
we can live Moses' challenge to prevent unnecessary illness and sickness and disease by being focused on justice and fairness and equality. And one way to start is if you find at the entrance this morning a handout like this. It's a handout from American Jewish World Service, which is an incredible organization that if you don't know about it already, you should do a little research about it. Uh, 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 an organization uh, of Jews who try to promote justice and equality and peace in the world in non-Jewish communities and impoverished places around the world. And AGWS has an emergency fund, and they are planning on directing substantial portions of that emergency fund to the Ebola crisis in Liberia because they have a presence on the ground in Liberia. This is one way, and I encourage you to do it, that we can live Moses' challenge to us and build a world in which light and peace is established through compassion and justice. Shabbat Shalom.